So glad to see you today. I am so excited about today's message. And so whether you're joining us online or at a campus, whether I've had a chance to personally meet you or not, just want to say welcome. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to, there's going to be two verses. I'm going to be giving you a lot of verses, but there's two key verses today I'm going to give you. So John chapter 16, uh, and then I'm going to go to Luke 19. John 16, then I'm going to go to Luke 19. And if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen. But if you do have a Bible, I'm going to be kind of going through a couple of these verses. And actually, I'm going to kind of begin with a lot of verses to, to begin with. A little bit different today. Usually, I go through a passage, and then I kind of break it down today. I just want to kind of share what I think to be a very timely message for where we are. Not just in America, but in our world. There's a phrase in the Bible, it came to pass, that in the King James Version is found 463 times. It came to pass. Um, the phrase denotes a passing of a period of time. It denotes a season, whether it's been a positive or season or, or negative season. Uh, it also uh, denotes events in the Bible. 463 times this phrase, it came to pass, occurs. It's there. Uh, the title of my message today is, it came to pass. And, and I want to talk about this. It's most commonly found in the Old Testament. And I want to kind of walk through a couple of places where we find this. First, Noah's Ark. Noah and the ark, Genesis chapter 8, verse 13. And it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month of the first day of the month, that the waters were dried up from the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry. So after God saves humanity through the ark and the great flood, and it came to pass, there was dry ground. When Israel leaves Egypt... Exodus chapter 12, verse 50, it says, Thus all the children of Israel did as the Lord commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. Verse 51, And it came to pass that on that very day the Lord brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt according to their armies. So Egypt's uh, releasing, Israel's departure, exodus from slavery and bondage on into the freedom that God has, this phrase, it came to pass, denotes that. Israel's crossing from the desert and crossing the river Jordan to the promised land. Joshua chapter 4, verse 11. Then it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over, that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the people. When Hannah prays for a son who will go on to be one of the most noted uh, priests, prophets in, in Israeli history, Samuel will be his name. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 20, so it came to pass at the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I've asked for him from the Lord. Again, this season, this mother desiring a child, praying for this child, believing God for this child, it came to pass. And she bore a son and he was Samuel. Samuel will be the one that will anoint Saul, king of Israel. Samuel will be the one that will anoint David, king of Israel. Samuel will be probably one of the most pivotal uh, priests and spiritual leaders of their time and of their day. Solomon, when he builds the temple to God, 
the temple that David wanted to build unto God, but David, but God said, David, you're, you're not worthy to do this. Your son Solomon will build it. First Kings chapter six, verse one. And it came to pass in the 418th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel in the month of Ziv, which is the second month that he began to build the house of the Lord. Elijah, one of the greatest prophets of old, when he's taken to heaven, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. When Nehemiah has the burden and the vision from, from the Lord to go and to rebuild the city walls of the city of Jerusalem that were broken down. Nehemiah 1, 4, And it came to pass. When I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. We go to the New Testament. It, this phrase is also found. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus, which begins Jesus' earthly ministry. Mark chapter 1, verse 9. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The Last Supper, this last meeting that basically begins this whole um, uh, institution of the church of, of, of communion, and where that begins, Luke chapter 24, verse 30. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at the table with them, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. And before Jesus ascends to the right hand of the Father, he, is, he has gone to the cross, he's died for the sins of humanity, he's risen from the grave, and now he's about to ascend into the heavens. Luke 24, 51. And it now came to pass while he blessed them, that he was parted from them and carried up into the heaven. So what we see in scripture, and the reason why I'm taking this, and I won't read all 463, I just gave you 10 different examples throughout scripture of this phrase, it came to pass, is that we know in whatever season or whatever state or whatever situation that you and I may find ourselves in, or the bride of Christ, the church of Jesus Christ may find herself in, it will come to pass. In this crazy season that we've been living in in 2020, because I don't think anybody planned for 2020 to be as epic as it has been, you need to know it will come to pass. It will come to pass. The stress and the strain of the season, though, really shouldn't be of surprise to us. I want to remind you of what Jesus said. And John's gospel, chapter 16. So this is one of the two main verses that I want to get to today. Verse 33, Jesus said this, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So we know that there are going to be seasons in our life that are going to be crazy. We know there are going to be seasons in our life that are going to be stressful. There's, we know there are going to be seasons in our life that are going to be difficult. But we have to remember, and the Bible repeats this phrase over and over and over and over again, it will come to pass. It will pass. There will be a season. There will be a time where it will come to pass. Whatever that season is, even if it's a good season, it will come to pass. If it's a bad season, it will come to pass. If it's a stressful season, it will come to pass. If it's a meaningful season, it will come to pass. If it's something that we really believe God for in faith and we've, and we've trusted him and that, that becomes sight, it will come to pass. 
And in this world, it's going to have, we're going to have good days and bad days. The Bible says in the Old Testament, it rains on the just and the unjust, which basically means this. Just because you are in Christ and he is in you doesn't mean that you're not going to have bad days or difficult seasons. But it's important to remember that you don't go through those alone and that it will indeed come to pass. Luke's gospel, chapter 19 I'm not gonna read it for the sake of time, but verse 11 through verse 27, Jesus gives a powerful, powerful, powerful parable. Now a parable, parable is a story with, with meaning and it's called the parable of the 10 servants. Uh, and, and basically in this parable, what Jesus says is that there is a, 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 a leader, there's a king who is going away and he gives each of the 10 servants uh, 10 pounds or one mina and which basically is three months salary and, and, and equivalent to today. So a substantial amount of money. And he gives it to these 10 servants and he gives these instructions to do business until he returns. The King James Version, it's, it's verse 13 says it this way. And he called his 10 servants and he delivered to them 10 pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Occupy. That word in the Greek is where we get our word pragmatic from. It, it means that we are to, to be active. Uh, it's not wait till I come. It's not sit here and I'll meet you in a moment. It's not, hey, sit on this bench. Hey, just lay down. Hey, just, 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 just hold tight. Hey, just hold steady. Hey, could you just keep the car running? I'll be right back. I'm going to run in real quick. No, it's not that. Occupy means to, to be actively uh, uh, processively, productively, uh, uh, carrying on, whatever your business is. So you just keep working. You just keep doing business. You just keep occupying. And then I'm going to come back. And you're not going to know when I'm going to come back or exactly how I'm going to come back. But I'll, I'll let you know. But in the meantime, here's what I want to do. The parable says that this king gives 10 servants uh, basically all the same amount of money. And he says, I want you to take care of this. I want you to, to, to continue business. I want you to occupy. And then when I come back, I'll get it from you. And so the king King goes and he comes back. And when he comes back, he begins to receive from these servants. Remember, they were all given the same amount at the beginning. And one servant is, a, is, a, is able to, to basically multiply it many times over. Um, another servant is able, to, is able to, to double it. But then one of the servants only gives back the master the exact same thing that he was given. And the master, the king, scolds him and basically takes it from him and gives it to the one who has plenty. Now, this is similar to the parable that we find in Matthew chapter 25, but it's different because in Matthew chapter 25, there's only three servants. In Matthew chapter 25, uh, it's, it's, uh, um, each one of those servants are given different varying amounts. There's the same kind of day of reckoning that we see and the, and the same essence that if you just kind of hold on to and you just kind of, you, you don't produce, you don't take, you don't steward well the resource that's given and make it and grow it and, 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 and that, then, then what's, what you have is going to be taken from you and given to someone who shows to be able to do that. But what's interesting to me about this is that all 10 of these servants are all given equal resources. 
They've all been given the same time. So the king is gone the same amount of time. They don't really know when, and they're given instructions to occupy till he returns, but he's given, he's given time. And, 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 the, and the second thing that they're all given is the same truth, which he gives the same instruction. Verse 13, it was occupy till I come, carry on till I come. Don't just wait, don't be idle, don't just, you keep moving forward, you keep doing, you keep whatever, you keep you until I return. And, and then opportunities. They all have the same opportunity. They, they, they all can, can take that, uh, that, 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 that income, that money, that, that resource, and they can invest it and work it. They all have the same opportunity, but the outcomes are all different. What does this have to do with, and it came to pass? And there'll be times of trouble and tribulation, but take heed, I've overcome the world. And now this parable of the, the 10 servants. Here's what I really think in this season. I think that what we're dealing with, like anything else, it will come to pass. There'll be a time when this too shall end. It will come to pass. And in this season, it shouldn't catch us off guard. The truth of the matter is, is that Jesus said that we're gonna have trouble in this world but we're to take cheer, we're to take heart, we're, we're, we're to be of good spirit, to be a good attitude, to, to be of good mind, to not be caught off guard. He's already overcome the world, so we'll overcome the world. And this parable, any scholar talks about this, that this parable is, is the king and this parable is Jesus. And you and I are the bride of Christ, that we're, we're the servants. And he's given all of us this gift, this equal gift to all of us, all given us the same instruction and all been given the same opportunity. And he's going to come back. And when he comes back, he's going to want to know, did we occupy or did we just wait? Did we actively engage pragmatically and, and do what he called us to do? Or did we just kind of wait till he's going to come back? Are we been in an idle mode or we've been in an active mode? Have we been in this, well, we're just going to just kind of hunker down or no, we're going to advance the kingdom because this is what he called us to do. And sometimes in this season, what happens is, is we've been in this crazy season of COVID and this, and this crazy season with, with this coronavirus and then the social unrest and the racial unrest and all the things that are happening. It's a very terrible things that have been happening in our world that are all very much bad stuff. But again, it shouldn't catch us off guard because Jesus says there's going to be trouble in this world. So what should we do? Should we just wait? No. Should we just kind of hunker down? No. Should we ignore it? No. What should we do? We should occupy till he comes. We should be active about what he's called us to do until he returns. Because this season, it will come to pass. And when it comes to pass, the Lord is going to say, I gave every one of you time. What did you do with the time? We may not all have the same number of days on this planet, but we all have 24 hours in our day. You, if you're rich, you don't get more hours in your day. If you're poor, you don't get more hours in your day. Conversely, you don't get less hours in your day. The truth of the matter is we all have today. Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow's already 
past. There's nothing you can do about it. And don't worry about, uh, excuse me, don't worry about yesterday because yesterday's already passed. And don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow has not yet come. Live today. Carp diem. Seize this moment. Seize this day. This is what you've gotten. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be exceedingly glad. It doesn't matter. Well, coronavirus and social unrest and all this, guess what? It will come to pass, but your time is still given to you. What are you doing with your time? Are you allowing things around you? Are you allowing hardships around you? Are you allowing those things to hold you back and just make you just be idle and just sit there? Or are you advancing to what God's called you to do? Are you moving forward with your family? Are you moving forward with your plans? Are you being smart, but are you moving forward? Because we're not called to sit and be idle ever. We're called to be faithful, but also to be fruitful. We're called to occupy with our time. What about with the truth? We all have the same truth. We all have the same Bible. We all have the same Savior. His name is Jesus. How is it that in in a, a local church context, you can have one person in a season that's just completely trembling with fear and another person that's overcoming and they're, I can tell you why. It's not the difference of truth. It's how they embrace the truth. It's what they do with the truth. We all have the same instruction. Our instruction is, right, as Christ followers, first of all, we're to love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and love our neighbors ourselves. Should that stop because of a coronavirus? Should that stop because of social unrest? Should that stop? No, absolutely not. (laughs) We're all called as a church, the great commandment, to go into all the world excuse me, the Great Commission, to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. Does that stop because? No, that's our instruction. So what do we do with loving God with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength and, and, and to love our neighbors ourselves? The great, the, 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 the great commandment. And what do we do with the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel? We go, we do. We're active, we occupy till he comes. Until we're done, we go. Until our last breath, we keep going, we keep doing, we keep serving, we keep giving, we keep engaged. Are we smart about it? Absolutely. But we continue to move forward. Why? Because whatever's happening in our world, good, bad, or indifferent, will come to pass. But we're called to occupy. What do we do about opportunities? I think there's more opportunities today to serve than ever before. I think this is one of the greatest and finest days to be a follower of Jesus Christ than any other time. Because the world doesn't have answers. But you and I, we got the answer. What is it, Aaron? Take heart. You're going to have trouble in this world. It's okay. I've overcome this world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You could do all things. Why? Because Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and overcame death, hell, and the grave. There is no downside. So go, do, serve. You have the same opportunity today to love people right where they are, to be kind to people right where they are. And people need love and kindness today more than ever before. Just a smile. Just a, I know you, we got the mask on and all that kind of stuff. Maybe you can smile with your eyes. Just a wave, just a nod, just an act of kindness. Just showing kindness to your neighbor, showing kindness to a coworker. Just giving people a little bit more space and a little bit more room and just a little bit. Because what I do know is that this season that we're in, it'll come to pass. We won't have these same opportunities tomorrow. But the question isn't, is it going to come to pass? The question is going to be, 
did we occupy until it quote unquote came to pass? What are we doing with our time, with the truth, with the opportunity? I'd encourage you to consider, what are you doing with the time, with the truth, and with the opportunity that God's given you? I'd encourage you not to be caught off guard by the trouble that we are encountering in this world, but rather to be encouraged. <sighs> Take a deep breath and realize Jesus said it would be like this. That's okay. But yet he still called us to occupy. He still called us to go into all the world. He still called us to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. He still called us to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. And I'd encourage you to consider, what are you doing with your time? And I, I think it's a great time to serve other people. I think it's a great time to invite someone. Well, Pastor, I'm not even coming to church right now. Well, invite them online. Invite them to, 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 to a life group. And, and invite them to a, uh, you know, uh, we do life groups on Zoom. We do life groups live. And invite them to a Bible study. Invite them. Just whatever they're comfortable with, don't, don't push it because they may not, they may be wigged out by something. That's okay. No problem. But invite people. Invite people. Invite people. Invite people. Invite people. People have more disposable time right now than they've ever had. Invite people. Serve people. Look for opportunities to help people. But I only have a little bit. Hey, little becomes much when God's in it. I would encourage you to occupy with the truth. You've got time right now. Get in God's word. Soap. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Every day. Just get into it. Begin to get in his word. And, 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 and the other thing is, are you living the truth that you're getting? Maybe the conviction in today's message is, I'm not really occupying, I'm just kind of idling until he comes. I'm just kind of passively waiting until he comes. <laughs> no. And somebody watching me today online, you need to get up off the couch. And you've been using coronavirus as an excuse not to have to be engaged and to come to church. You need to do that. Some of you have been using it as an excuse not to step up and, well, when this is over, I'll do it. No, no, no. This will come to pass. The question isn't, will it come to pass? The question is, will you have occupied when it does? And opportunities? I want to just share with you one opportunity today, and then I'm going to pray. I think an opportunity right now is in the area of greater and giving. And you're an amazing church, and you're a generous church. And, um, and if you are watching me and you don't attend Life Church and you have another church that you're attending, but you're just watching, I'd encourage you to, to, to give to missions in your local church. Greater is kind of our around the corner, around the world. It's kind of our missions, outreach is what we do. And um, this is a great opportunity right now to be able to go and do this like never before. Because we can't, you know how many mission trips we've done this year at Life Church? Zero. None. We haven't been able to. But guess what? We have missionaries on the ground all around the world that are able to minister to their communities because of your faithful and generous contributions and giving. Last year, Life Church, you gave in 2019 $1,044,859 to greater, to missions. First time in the history of the church that we broke a million dollars in missions giving. This year, so far, as of this past week, actually the 18th, 
is when, is when I got this, I, I asked the finance department to kind of give me these numbers. You've given $657,587. That, when you back out the mission trips, is about $40,000 more than what you had given this time last year. So the giving is even greater. Just, just the sheer greater giving is greater at this point, the 18th of October in 2019, 18th of October, 2020, it's greater in 2020 than it is a year ago. You know why? Because you are occupying till he comes. You are advancing the gospel. You're not allowing what's happening to hold you back because this too shall come to pass, but you're utilizing this opportunity to be able to give and to go. We're on pace right now without any missions trips and without really any other giving. We're on pace to do $959,930 in one cent. I don't know how they calculated that, but that's what they calculated. Here's what I want to say. Wouldn't it be something if in 2020, in the middle of a pandemic, an epidemic, when everything shuts down and everybody's talking about the economy and this and the unrest and this is wrong and this is wrong. If in the middle of all of that, you and I as the church of Jesus Christ truly embraced, I mean, like in a real tangible way, the opportunity that we have to not be what we're, not to be known what we're against, but what we're for. And we truly embrace this. Hey, we know there's gonna be difficult times, but Jesus has overcome the world. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And in times like this, we know this opportunity will pass. But in this moment, we're going to occupy till he comes. And we were to exceed, if only by one dollar, the amount of missions giving, greater giving in 2020 than we did in 2019. You wanna talk about kicking the devil in the teeth? You wanna talk about living out of verse? You want a tangible way to do that? That's a tangible way. When I saw that this week and I was preparing for this message, I was like, wow, this is a great opportunity. There's a lot of opportunities, but this is a great opportunity. I sat down with Tammy and said, I want to make sure that we do everything we can financially to help get across this because I don't want this year to be a year where we pull back and where we just kind of hold back and we just kind of idle. No, we need to occupy. We need to go into all the world and preach and teach the gospel. And we can. We are set up for a pandemic. We are set up for an epidemic because we've got people all around the world. People all around the world are watching this right now now, missionaries and people that are Christ followers that are expats living in different places in the world and they're watching this. And I'm telling you, Life Church, this is a great opportunity because what we're living in right now, this coronavirus, this, this pandemic, this epidemic, it will come to pass. The question will be, what did we do with the time that we had? Did we occupy or did we idle? That's where we are. And so today I want to encourage you. Think about this. Don't get wigged out by this. And let's do something great for the kingdom of God. Not great for ourselves, not great for Life Church, but great for Jesus. Let's make his name famous around the world and around the corner. I wanna pray for you right now. I know that some of you are really wigged out and I know that some of you are really stressed out. I get that. I don't wanna make light of that. There are some of you that would love to be physically at a location 
and you can't be because you've got underlying conditions and health concerns. Hey, you just keep doing what you're doing. You stay safe. This, too, this will come to pass and we'll be together. But in the middle of all this, whether we're meeting virtually or we're meeting in person, whether we're at one place or we're scattered out across the state, this nation and this world, we can still occupy until he comes. Let me pray for you. Father, I just thank you for your people. And I pray your blessings be upon them. I pray your face would shine upon them. I pray you would prosper their ways and prosper their steps. I pray you would give them peace. Let peace rest upon their homes. Let peace rest upon their businesses. Let peace rest upon their relationships, their marriages, their, their children's, their families, their lives. I just pray that your peace that passes understanding would be real and would be theirs. I pray today you would help us to see what's happening in the light of your word. 400 plus times it came to pass. Speaking of hardships, difficulties, situations, seasons, periods of time, this is not new. And your words, Lord, bring us such great comfort that you've overcome the world. So today help us to do exactly what your parable teaches, to occupy, to take the time and the truth and the opportunities that you've given us and to invest them and to give them, not for ourselves, but for you, so that we steward this moment. And I pray, Lord, I pray a prayer that I don't think is selfish. I pray that we would do greater this year in our greater giving than we did last year. I pray that we would be able to celebrate that in 2021. If it's not but a dollar more, I pray that we would be able to do that in such a way, God, to be able to say to ourselves, to the enemy of our soul, hey, we're not going to be passive. We're not just going to wait. We're not just going to ride the pine until this thing goes over. No, 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 no. We are going to brave the middle of the storm. We're going to brave the middle of the situation. We're going to do what God has called us to do. We're going to live life for the audience of one. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to occupy till he comes and until this comes to pass. And we will be found not only faithful, but fruitful. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.